Hello and welcome to the Pactum. I'm Mike Grimes here today with Pat Abendroth and we are here for episode 89. And today on the Pactum, we are going to be talking about Sola Gratia as we've started a five-week series during the month of October or Reformation Month. Lots of Latin. Yes. Lots and and lots of Latin. We're covering the five Solas. So it is by grace alone. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone. And today it's going to be Sola Gratia, grace alone. Loan. Mike, have you seen the Jeffrey Dahmer series on Netflix? Jeffrey da- no, I haven't. I don't is, have Netflix. You I'm, don't? I'm not okay. cool. It's number one on Netflix. And uh, Have you seen it? No. And okay. I, don't th- I don't think I'm going to. Okay. I think it kind of weirds me out. Yeah. So I'm, but but it, there's good conversation that comes about because he made some kind of profession of faith. Oh, okay. And so I remember years ago, my brother, Mike Abendroth, No, no Compromise Radio, he put out, a, I think it was a video, and it's uh, very provocative talking about Jeffrey Dahmer if he made a you know profession of faith, if he really trusted in Christ, who knows if he did or not. But hypothetically, he said he did. Let's say he did. And here he was, this you know cannibal, terrible, mm, yeah. sinister, and then compare that to Mother Teresa. Mm. And if Mother Teresa believed what she said she believed, she's uh, in a place called not heaven. Right, yeah. And Jeffrey Dahmer would be in heaven. And that's yeah. just to think about how scandalous that is. Right, yeah. Uh, because if we have a perfect substitute, actually, that's it's great. It's grace alone. It comes to us right. freely. Yep. So we've had we've had good conversations in my house about it because um, my kids are like, "Dad, are you going to watch the Dahmer thing?" And I'm like, "No, I don't think so. I think you should. No, I think you shouldn't. No, I think you should." And it kind of goes back and forth. Um, I don't think I'm going to. I'm kind of weirded out by the whole thing. Yeah. No. Yeah. When I was a kid growing up in Omaha, uh, there was a guy named John Jubert, and John Jubert was like kidnapping kids. And oh, yeah, yikes! No, no, I think they've executed him since. But I can remember going to it was in Bellevue and Papillion, that area. So Bellevue, Nebraska, not Washington. But I can remember going to a bike shop and I needed to get some part for my BMX bike and there was an ice storm. And so my mom said, you're going to have to walk the next two blocks Mm. because my 1974 Chevy Malibu, her her car wasn't going to make it up the hill. And I was just the whole time thinking, I don't know how old I was, 12, 13, just thinking this, I'm going to get, I'm going to get got. You're going to get got. So I don't think I'm going to watch the Dahmer thing. That no. kind of stuff freaks me out. Would you watch it if you had Netflix? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's 10 parts. Ooh, that's a lot. Yeah. I, some of that stuff, too, if you watch enough of it, it puts you in a weird funk or something, Creep, you know? Creepy, creepy. But I like, I like, I've even seen it on social media. People are having the gospel discussion, and it's actually a good discussion to yeah, have. Right. Uh, I talked to one of my kids about it saying, you know what? It was maybe some kind of church group that didn't really, uh, they're not clear about the gospel and baptismal regenerations. I mean, so maybe it wasn't a legit thing, but hypothetically, if he truly trusted in Christ, it's Christ's righteousness that comes to us freely. Uh, So it's scandalous in that sense. Grace scandalizes people because they're like, well, I'm a good person. And it's kind of a good little, uh, I don't know, maybe a litmus test. Yeah. You think? Maybe so. Yeah. Wait, wait to smoke out the Arminians. Right. Smoke them out. Yeah. We like to have litmus tests on the pact. <laughs> to see what people are thinking. So right. five solas. We five. did the first one. We talked about sola scriptura. Sola scriptura was the last episode. Yep. And episode today it's going to be sola gratia. I think we have a list of questions here. Oh, seven, eight, nine, ten. We're just going to go with the flow. We're go with, you know, and, we should have done five questions for each of these. We totally blew it. But yeah, it's that's true. all right. It's true. Okay. All right. First question, talking about sola gratia. What is sola gratia? 
Define so, that. What is that? I think we should talk about grace for starters. So yes. how would we define grace in Sunday school? I think I learned or somewhere as an early young Christian, it's unmerited favor. Yep. yep. It's probably a pretty good definition. Yeah, I think so. I heard that in a class I was teaching this morning and I said, that's a good definition. Unmerited favor, undeserved favor. Some people like say demerited. But I think if you really want, you know, maybe you get a passing grade, you get a C, right. maybe even a B, right? Yeah, right. But if you really want to go for it, I prefer demerited. I don't know if Meredith Klein was the person who uh, invented that word or the uh, I, that's where I probably heard it the first time. Yeah. Demerited favor. Why do you think he would say it's demerited favor? And that's a better way of saying unmerited favor. Well, demerited, you know, we think about God's law, his righteous requirement for us, and we have broken his law. We have transgressed his law. So, oh, what it, have right. we earned his favor? No. In fact, we've demerited, we've made it so we really don't deserve. That's- we deserve condemnation. Yeah, so I th- I'm judgment. all for saying demerited because we are deserving of condemnation. We're deserving of judgment. It's not like we're morally neutral right, and yeah. God gives us a gift. Right. It's not like we're his children. He gives us a gift. We actually are his enemies Yes, and he gives us a gift. Yes, so demer- I think it's pretty helpful. Uh, it's also good just, just to remember that uh, grace makes beauty out of ugly things. Oh, that, that's a Bono lyric. Oh, that- <laughs> Never mind. I, I, th- I thought we were uh, on to something. <laughs> so I would encourage people to not only think in terms of, oh, we get a free gift. That's true, but it's not a free gift to your friend or your neighbor right. that you happen to like. Right, right. Uh, it's my daughter. One of my daughters have as having her 21st birthday today. We're going to give her gifts, sure. yep. um, and it's because she's our daughter, yeah. and we love her, and there are lots of things we love about her. Uh, it's not demerited. It's actually merited because anyway, I think the illustration kind of sort of works. Yeah, I get it. It makes sense. So, but when we're talking about sola gratia, we're not just saying salvation is by grace. We're saying it is sola gratia. It is by grace alone. alone. Yeah. And we need to remember that the alones are really important um, in this uh, good and important battle that we have with Roman Catholicism. We say it's not just grace, it's grace alone. alone. Right. And what we mean by that is it's all of Christ. Yes, yeah. So his work is done. It comes to us absolutely, positively, freely. Free, yeah. And so uh, it's it's grace alone. Yes, yeah. Now, having said that, I, I was listening to, uh, I didn't get much sleep. I woke up at 2 a.m. Like, Whoa. Yeah, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, oh, whatever no. that means. <laughs> so woke up at 2 a.m. I needed to get up at 5 to teach a class, but I couldn't fall back asleep. I'm like, oh, what no. in the world? So listening to audiobooks, I'm on volume two of the Gray Man series. I haven't heard of that. Maybe Greeny is the guy's last name. Okay. He uh, co-authored later in the life of Tom Clancy. Okay. So okay. That, that whole series. Gotcha. Yeah. So it's not as good as the Jack Carr... Um, Terminalist, Terminalist stuff, yeah, but it's right. the same kind of thing. Same kind of thing, okay. Assassin kind of stuff. Right, so I like that. That, that doesn't stuff. really help you sleep. No. <laughs> so <laughs> 2 a.m., I'm thinking about assassins. But <laughs> but once I kind of got you know over that, I was listening to Roman Catholic uh, priests and Roman Catholics, Roman Catholic apologists talk about um, merit. Hmm. So condign merit and different kinds of merit. And I was listening to them, and they would talk. Uh, th- I brought this up not just to talk about my insomnia. Okay, all right. Hit us with on it. the Pactum sofa, <laughs> so they they would say grace alone, huh? Really? Yeah. So, but they don't mean the same thing. And then in the same sentence, next breath, maybe it was, uh, but not faith alone. Mm. And we're going to get to that in a different episode. But if it's not faith alone and the finished work of Christ alone, guess what? Yeah, 
It's not. It ain't grace grace alone. alone. Right. Right. So they, but they do use that verbiage sometimes. And I think we need to be aware. Interesting. That's super interesting. Yep. They mean something different. It has something to do with God's grace empowering you, but you do have to do enough love and charity and all of the things. Sure. All right. So uh, why must salvation be sola gratia? We've already hinted at that, obviously, here, but uh, let's talk more about that. Yeah, let's go, let's go at it from two different angles. So, but before we answer, Pactum listeners, why would we why? say it has to be sola gratia? Why does it have to be by grace, not only by grace, but by grace and only by grace? And, and if you want to be Pactum mind readers, <laughs> hmm, what are Pat and Mike thinking right about now? What's going to be the answer to their question? It has to be by grace because let's start with God's requirement right. and his, what I like to call his inflexible Justice, his Mm. absolute requirement for perfect righteousness. So God doesn't grade on a curve. Um, It's absolute perfect obedience. Otherwise, he wouldn't be a just judge. And he says, basically, if you know, love me and love neighbor perfectly, personally, perpetually, the requirement is perfect righteousness. Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of at at issue in Romans chapter 10. Right. So what we tend to do in human religion is we lower the standard and then we say, hey, look at me. I I could do it. So since it's inflexible perfection, perfect righteousness, and nobody's going to be able to meet that requirement, it has to be not like a little bit of enabling grace. It's got to all, it has to all be of grace because we need to have a perfect righteousness gifted to us. Right. Yes. Yes. We need Christ's righteousness imputed to us. Because God requires absolute perfection. So let's take that angle first. Right. Right. It has to be sola gratia. It has to be grace alone. And then the other side of it would be it has to be grace alone because we're sinners. Sinners. Yeah. We, we do a lot of sinning. Yes. Um, because of this doctrine we would call depravity, mm-hmm. we don't only have a spiritual sickness or as I heard one priest say that we um, – he said we're wounded. Mm. Sin has wounded us. Wounded. And I I was just reading Ephesians 2, and I thought, sure. doesn't sound like wounded <laughs> right. to me. Right. Um, so it's not that we have a spiritual sickness and we need to get a grace potion, um, <laughs> which is kind of how Catholicism works. Right. You got to go get a little medicine. It's medicinal. That's not how it works. And Ephesians 2 actually is significant here. I know we're, we're getting ahead because we're talking about Bible sure. verses. Yeah, that's right. But uh, it, it has to be by grace alone because we God has to act. God has to be the, the, the one who does all all of the things, as right. we say, because we're dead in trespasses and sins. Yeah. So Ephesians 2 is is a kicker. I mean, it's, it's vital. It's crucial to this whole discussion. It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, and you were dead, so not wounded, um, not sick. We were spiritually dead, dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked uh, following the course of this world. I think this is this is good for Halloween. Yeah. Right? Oh, so, yeah. So as you're driving through your neighborhoods yes. and it's Reformation Month, month yep. and you see all of the, I see dead people. I, yep. You see all, all of the skeletons, skeletons and all and of the, the mummies and yep, the, the tombstones. Uh huh. All that. Just stuff. remember, right? Reformation is important. It had to be Reformed theology yeah. because sola gratia, because we don't, we're not just spiritually sick, we're, uh, we're the zombies. Yeah. Because Ephesians chapter two, we're yep. dead, but we're walking. The walking yeah. dead. Walking dead. I, I'll never tire of using that as an illustration. Yep, it's good. 
So we're walking, but we're dead. How does that work? Well, just think about we're, we're spiritual zombies. Yeah. Well, no, we're dead because we're incapable. There's right. nothing we can do. It has to be done for us. It has to be gifted to us. Uh, God's not going to meet us halfway because dead people don't do anything. Right. Why yes. am I whispering? I, well, it's for effect. Okay. Okay. We like to have really good effects. Okay. All right. Here we go. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. So it's demonic as well, uh, among whom we all once lived. So we're living, but dead in the passions of our flesh. So the things that we do do are sinful, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind. And we're by nature. Mm. Okay. Yeah. This hits deep by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So this isn't just for the Jeffrey Dahmers. Right. Yep. This is actually true of everybody. Inclusive of all people. Yep. But God being rich in mercy. Oh, those great words, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us. So God has to do something. Maybe we'll get into that more in just a little while, but it has to be by grace alone. It has to be by grace alone. One more time. It has to be by grace alone (laughs) because of God's requirement of absolute perfect righteousness and we're we're sinful we're yeah. we're depraved we're spiritually dead uh, there's no other way to be saved other than by god doing it god doing the giving god doing the acting god doing the saving because dead people don't do anything that's right yeah you mentioned did you ever watch the show the walking dead never you didn't no oh man should i i I was all into it. I I tried to start it at one point, got scared watching it sometime in my basement. It was like, oh, this is too creepy. And then I gave it another shot. Yeah. And I got completely into it for, man, a couple of years. Lots of episodes, right? Oh, yeah. I think it may still be on. I don't know. But I kind of, after a while, you're like, I mean, how many dead people can they... It, this can't keep going. Like I think this, maybe so. I should. I, I you should give it a go. It's be, Halloween be, month. It'd be a you winter know, thing. The Reformation, October. All See, the spooky, I still, scary skeletons. I, I still have bad dreams. When I was young, I used to like to watch scary movies, and I think it was maybe like as a teenager, it's a good date thing. Oh, sure, right? Because yeah. you wanted the girl to sit closer to yep, you, or yep. you know, or whatever. I'll protect you. Yeah. I went. I tried to see all these scary movies, and now I'm like, no, no. Forget, yeah. I'm still having bad dreams because of Pet Cemetery. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I, first, I was telling my wife this recently. Every October, I get this weird feeling like I need to watch some kind of scary movie. But then I'm like, mm, yeah, no thanks. My I, wife Molly, she it. hates scary movies. I can't I'm thinking, do it. Uh, no, but she'll sit close to me. Yeah, there yeah. you go. See? So, so I don't even need a scary movie. You don't, right? You don't. You don't need that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about the biblical basis. Yeah, let's for talk about the biblical sola basis. gratia, grace alone. Isn't it good that you don't need to know Latin to go to heaven? Yes, it is because. I don't know Latin. I don't either, but I do like Richard Muller's Latin Dictionary. Helpful, so just, super helpful. Just throwing that in there. Yes. All right, so what's the biblical basis <laughs> for sola gratia? Well, the classic go-to is, go- go- is going to be Pactum listeners, Christian mind readers, because of the special anointing. Of course, it's going to be Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, yes. uh, because it says, for by grace, grace you have been saved through faith. And we would want to underscore, uh, it's not only by grace. It, it has to be by grace and only by grace in light of the verses that came before, right. because yes. we're dead in trespasses and sins. Right. And we're not just wounded or sick, we're dead. So by grace, you have been saved through faith. We're going to do an episode on that, which will be Vanderbar. Mm-hmm. It will be great. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. So there's another synonym for grace. It's a, a gift from God, or it is the gift of God, not as a result of work so that no one may boast. Mm. So it's really a helpful, again, going back to that word we like, litmus. 
Uh, if there's any room for boasting, oh God, thank you for doing 99.9% of the work. And I'm just so glad that I was able, spiritually dead, mm. yep. I was able to do a little <laughs> bit, uh, then we would be able to boast, at right. least to give ourselves a few attaboys. Right, yeah. Not true, not true, not true. It's sola gratia. It's all of grace, only of grace, not of works. The works come in verse 10, but that co- those come as a result. Right. Uh, are there particular texts that you tend to think of when you think of grace alone? Do you have another go-to or any other go-to texts that come to your mind? My go-to has always been Ephesians 2. Okay. Um Good. I'm glad. Yeah. We can be friends. That's that's where I always we go can abs- to. How about Ephesians 2.5? Oh, sure. Right? Yeah. Yep. Because 2.8 two, two, and 9 actually is is a, a later statement. So 2.5. Right. Five, yeah, 5 is good. Yeah. Even when we you were dead in our trespasses. Made us alive. Yeah. Made us alive. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Ta-da! Yes. I mean, that that's good news. Yes, it they, is. They, sh- they should write songs about I grace. I think they have. There's some. <laughs> <laughs> and not just Bono mixed in with all kinds of who knows Eastern mysticism, <laughs> karma kind of stuff. I think there's plenty of songs about grace. Indeed, there, should be. there yes. are. Other passages, though, we do have some. We do. Yeah, Acts fifteen eleven. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. Yep, absolutely. So passage That's on my mind because I've been preaching grace. through Acts. Yep. Uh, I always go to the work of Christ and mm. just think of, okay, the work of Christ is uh, substitutionary. The work of Christ is uh, complete and done. Mm. So in John nineteen thirty, Jesus says, it is finished. Yeah. So if the work is done and the work is done by another and it's done by another for us, what else needs to be done? Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing by us. No works right. need to be done. The works can now come as a result, the fruit, but we are saved not by those uh, we are saved, we could say, unto those sure. uh, as fruit, as a result. Another favorite one of mine is Jonah, because in Jonah mm, chapter 2, yeah. verse 9, salvation belongs to the Lord. So salvation is of the Lord. It's from the Lord. It belongs to the Lord. It comes to us freely. It's a great one. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. So I think we could go on and on. I think the whole Bible lays us out right. in yes. essence, post-fall with the promise of the gospel early in Genesis 3. Yep. So we might come back to that, yep. but we're not going to say circle back to, we're not going to we use back. that we one and only week. time. We can't do that yeah, again. Never, ever, <laughs> ever again. So who likes Sola? We do. we do. We do because we <laughs> are like, sinners. We, we, as your hosts here on the Pactum, as you're listening, uh, hello, my name is Pat and I yes. have a problem. <laughs> and you can say, hello, hello. Pat. Hello, Pat. And Mike can say the same hello. thing. My name is Mike. I have a problem. <laughs> hello, Mike. <laughs> sinners love the doctrine of Sola gratia, because yes. we, we, we know we, we, there's nothing we could do. So Christians right. love this reality because we know that we were God's enemies and there's nothing we could do to earn it. We were spiritually dead, even though we walked um, like the zombies. And so there's, it's the only one. Well, it's the only way to be saved. Right. It's yeah. sort of like why Christians like to talk about the doctrine of sin. Yeah. Because if you get, if you can... Re- that that really is actually important in this whole conversation. Yes, it is. If yeah. you don't have a clear biblical homardiology, I mean, yeah, that's a good word go. there. Doctrine of like sin uh, related to anthropology. If you don't have an understanding of the, the doctrine of sin and depravity, right. you're probably going to be a grace plus works person. Yes. Yeah. But if we have this clear in our heads, uh, we say, you know what? I actually like to learn about just what a sinner I am right. and how no one does good. No, not one. None righteous. No, not one. And we say... Oh, but God saves. How could that possibly be? 
sola right. gratia based upon the work of another. We could also say, if you read the uh, Protestant confessions, yep. it's going to be clear it's only by grace and it's not some weird kind of definition of smuggling works into grace. <laughs> it's no, yeah. it's, it's actual, pure, 100% verifiable, certifiable, <laughs> justifiable, <laughs> and all other fiables. All of them. Yes, it's it grace. is all. We've, we've got a great uh, Luther quote here. You want to go ahead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great quote from Luther. If the Pope would concede that God alone, by his grace through Christ, justifies sinners, we would carry him in our arms. We would kiss his feet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Martin Luther really said that? I don't know. He's There's a lot of things in Luther quotes you're like, did he really say that? He said some interesting things. He had said uh, a lot of interesting he, things. Somebody said to me he was a full loaf kind of guy. A full loaf? And I don't even know what that means. I don't know means. what that means. I like that. Uh-huh. I think we've said before on Back to Episodes, we've said before that he would be good at a bonfire. Yes, he would be amazing. I think and you pool- said Calvin would be good at a dinner, dinner party. Dinner party, right? right? Yeah. I think we said that uh, Poolside Packed Him. Poolside Packed we Him, We probably perhaps. talked about yep. that. Yep. Since it is Reformation Month, and if you're looking for something to read by Martin Luther, maybe you could read his Bondage of the Will. Uh, and he talks about these very kinds of things because um, he's – I'm getting ahead now, but he opposes Erasmus. Right, um, yeah. And so that might be something you could read. It's not an easy go. If you're looking for something a little more lighthearted, we recommended this probably at Poolside Pactum. <laughs> yeah, Pick up his table talk, table talk volume. And I mean, it's everything from the Pope as the Antichrist to saying other things that um, you don't say in sophisticated <laughs> company. I mean, there's some really, really funny things Wild. that are worth reading. Yeah. So full loaf. What yeah, does that full mean? Loaf. I don't know what If that you means. know what that means. Let us know. Send an email I to have the people let me know quite frequently the things I say, what they actually mean. So when I said OG... In a previous oh, episode, yeah, we, we were told I had clarifying. It was flooding <laughs> to us. It's so good. There is so much knowledge in the pact of there verse, is. and we're just I mean, pretending we've got. It's just some an of embarrassment it. of riches. It's it, an embarrassment yeah. of theological riches. It is. What we have here, it's true. <laughs> okay, so you, oh, since we're off t- track a little yeah, bit, we before are. we started recording, um, we had a friend visit, we did, a Pactum listener. Michelle yes. came in into the studio, and she was wondering if we really used to record in your parents' yes. basement. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that there's a little bit of mystery there going is. on in the world of the Pactum. The Pactum. We're whispering again. Whispering, it's kind of creeping me out. You know. All right, so you already kind of started to move us in this direction, talking about Luther. Uh, but who opposes grace alone? Who are some of the chief rivals maybe we could think of and point that, our... That's a good way. Chief, yeah. the, chief rivals. Chief. You just say that because your family's all into the it, Kansas the, City we Chiefs. We are all into the Kansas City Chiefs. It's like a little bit of a cult, it's, I heard. It's in close. You know, it, I, mm, we're getting there. Okay. <laughs> so we would chief say... That, l- let's name a few names. One would be Pelagius. Uh, yep. So Pelagius is going to butt heads with Augustine. Augustine right. Uh, we don't say Augustine. No. Nope. Uh, we, we, we pretend like we're sophisticated with advanced degrees. So yes. We say Augustine. Now, is it St. Augustine, Florida or St. Augustine, Florida? I would say, as they say there, I don't know which one they do. I don't know what do. they say either. I'm not really sure. Okay. Augustine. Okay. So Pelagius is going to be one who's going to say salvation is by works. People are good. Uh, and so he's not... Uh, just a semi-Pelagian. Pelagius is a full-throated, <laughs> full-orbed he, he is. Pelagian. And yes. so people are basically good. So they, he obviously wouldn't believe in this important doctrine. Right, right. But Augustine uh, was um, making it clear that that's actually not biblical Christianity. Right, right. And I like Augustine because I think Augustine was not um, 
semi-Pelagian. Hmm. I, I think Augustine was a Calvinist. <laughs> <laughs> so even though Calvin came later, later right. uh, there's a, it's for good reason he is quoted so many times by Calvin. By Calvin, right. Yeah. So, and then it, it, getting way ahead of ourselves, you know, so Rome, uh, the Roman Catholic system, they don't like sola gratia in the right. formal Protestant sense of the word, even though they might try to use that kind of verbiage at times. Right. Yeah. Um, I want to use, I want to remind them as Calvin did of Augustine. And it seems like Augustine is going to say it's grace alone. Right. Yes. So he'd be a good one to quote many times again and again. Uh, we could also talk about Erasmus, which we already mentioned, yep, who mentioned. we already mentioned because of Erasmus and Luther butting heads. Right. How about Arminius? Oh, um, yeah. There we would go again. And so the followers of followers of Arminius, um, they had their five articles, mm -hmm. the Romanstrans. <laughs> 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 the monstrous <laughs> article four is prevenient grace. So there is a kind of grace, but they're rejecting the biblical kind of grace. That's irresistible. Right. Um, prevenient grace is this kind of, you know, everybody's restored back to Abel, mm, um, yeah. not the biblical character Abel, but right. now we're, right, right. We're, we have, we no yeah. longer are dead. Yes. We're now semi alive. You know, the and ability able. to now do things. Yes. Yeah. So, but that is countered at the Synod of Dort, if you're looking into the history of things. Uh, but let it be known that the five points don't start with the Calvinists. Um, right. They start. Actually start with, with the followers of, of Arminius. Arminius. Yes. So with that said, Mike, do you think you can be an Arminian and be a Christian? I think you can. I think you probably can. Yeah. Yeah. I but, think so. But it is interesting when you really push Arminianism uh, to... You know, consistency, it starts sounding not very Christian. No. It yeah. sounds – but I'm thankful for blessed inconsistencies right, yes. and immaturities. Right. And so oftentimes when we're first converted, we're, we're kind Armenian. of, kind yeah. of thinking I like say, I think I was just going to say, I, th I bet it's fair to say that a majority of people I know in circles I've run in – we're probably saved as Arminians. Yes. And the reason we're saying you could be saved is because when you ask them, is salvation by grace alone? They, yeah. they say yes. They'll say yes. But then you push them on how they understand things, and it sounds like there's some works in there. <laughs> right, right, right. And there's going to be some shared boasting. Right, yeah. So, but I'm not going to be uh, one who says they're not Christians um, and they can't um, have the hope of eternal life. I just think they're immature. Yeah. And the Lord is patient, so we're thankful for that. I just saw someone post on social media uh, that, uh, you know, basically heaven is going in heaven, there will be Calvinists and Arminians uh, deal with it. Mm. And I thought, <laughs> that's, that's dumb. That's so Funny. dumb. So, you know, and it's actually not true because, right? Right. You, if you're glorified. Right. Yeah, yeah. If Arminianism is true, everyone in heaven is going to be an Arminian. Right. Now, we know that's not the case. Right. Yeah. Because we have Bibles. Right. <laughs> so... It, <laughs> Everyone in heaven will be a black coffee, crawl over broken glass, <laughs> sound like a chain smoker, even if you've never oh, smoked man. in your life. Why did I say that? I Calvinist. Calvinist, right. As in, because salvation is of, of the, the Lord. Lord. Yes. No yeah. boasting. It is sola gratia. Yeah. What about Finney? Charles Grandison Char Finney. Man, Charles that dude Finney. is an evil looking cat. He I think is. he actually looks more sinister than John Nelson Darby. I think and so. And that's not easy to do. We should do a Finney sticker. <laughs> Only if we can make the eyes colored. We, oh. You know, like the old, my grandparents used to have like kind of, they paid good money to have black <laughs> and white pictures colorized. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like creeper, Creepy. creeper. Yeah, you wait for yeah, the yeah. eyes to follow you across yeah. the room. Yeah, we 
We could work on we, that. We could, we could do that. We could do new project. So Charles Grandison Finney, he was not, he was not semi-Pelagian. No. So if, you know, if you're looking for categories, semi-Pelagians would say, well, people are sinful, but not, you know, dead in trespasses. Not dead, yeah, yeah. So for example, Roman Catholicism is semi-Pelagian. Yeah. Um, Pelagius would be, you know, people are good. good. They're, yeah. they're, they're not sinful. Well, Finney, when you read Finney stuff, uh, maybe not across the board, but Finney definitely is is a Pelagian. Yes. I mean, he it, it's it's tough it's to see. Wild. Yeah, and he's he, you know religion is man made. He can convert people. I mean, it just gets worse and worse. He denied the substitutionary atonement. But I, I looked up one message, and it was called "How to Change Your Heart." That, that, <laughs> How to change your heart. Right? That, that's Finney. How to change your heart well, by the Reverend Charles G. Finney. And I thought it was ironic. I found it on follow. I found it on gospeltruth.net. No way. <laughs> so when you go to gospeltruth.net <laughs> and it says, oh, here's a good message. It's called How, How to, to change, change your, your heart. heart. And I was like, okay, tell me more. Yeah, tell me more. I'd so love to it's change a, my heart. Finney says, uh, a change of heart is not that in which a sinner is passive, but that in which he is active. So, <laughs> so you're dead in trespasses and sins, and you're going to change your... How does this work? How does that heart? work? So, And it shows the sinner's ability. Mm. Yeah, we're not well. big fans of Finney. Uh, easy to pick on Finney, but the dude is, um, you know, lauded as some great American evangelist. Right. Yeah. I've, never, I've never said the word lauded, lauded. before That's in my life. One. I hope I used it properly. I don't even know what it means. So I think you did a great job. Okay. I think it's kind of Finney-esque of Rick Warren when he preached that sermon. I think it was a Christmas Eve sermon one time, mm. not that many years ago. Uh, and it, he talked about how the gospel, uh, God pardons you. And he says, you, you get a mulligan. Oh, yeah. So when you're pardoned mm. in the gospel, no. Jesus gives you a mulligan. Give you, you a do over. Do over. Hmm. Yeah. May I? I mean, I can see maybe if I read it in the best light, what he's trying to say. But no, yeah. I, I think the answer to that is a big fat nah. Nope. Negative. No. I've oh. got two words for you. You are not right. <laughs> you are not. Oh wait a second. I was just feeling president. <laughs> oh, no. I was feeling presidential. Oh man. Okay. <laughs> It's like we're living oh, in satire. This it's is like wild. we're not even living in a oh, re- man. real world. That's hilarious. Did you go? Have you had a nap today? <laughs> I did. Okay. I did. It was a 2 a.m. So wake up call. You're completely tired or you're rested or, you know. I'm feeling kind of feisty. You right are about feisty. Now. That's we're, hilarious. And I get to go home and we're going to have shawarma tonight oh, that for my daughter's delicious. birthday. That sounds good. It's going to be delicious. Oh, okay. Well, let's keep moving along here on this episode. 89, we're talking about Solo Gradia. Why is this doctrine so vital? We, eventually, we are going to talk about soli deo, gloria. Yes, we are. Right? Yes. To God alone be the glory. Yes. So if somehow salvation is by grace and our works, something other than faith in Christ and faith in Christ alone, then we are what I like to call glory grubbers. Glory grubbers. And by nature, I think we are glory grubbers. Yeah. That's why this is all counterintuitive. Right. Uh, salvation is of the Lord. Yeah, but what about my pardon? No, the glory of God is at stake because, well, it's not at stake. Because right. God will right. be glorified yes. in the yes. end no matter yes. what. Yes. But at least in our understanding, right. it is at stake. So yeah. if there's room for any boasting, uh, and there would be if it's not grace alone, it's, it's not good. Right. So it's important, it's vital, because God and God alone should be glorified in all things, including, and maybe we could say most especially in our salvation. Yep. Maybe it's also uh, 
and not maybe, it is also vital. This doctrine is vital uh, because if you think about assurance right. yeah. uh, for, for us as sinners, and if we're honest, we don't measure up. We don't meet the right. obligations. Even if you're involved in some system that says, you know, God gives you grace to enable you to do it yourself. Let's right. be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. How, how you mean, doing with that? Yeah. Not working out for you. I mean, our, our no assurance mo- there. No, not at all. So for us to really have rest and to actually have assurance, it has to be by grace you have been saved. It's yes. not of yourselves. And we can just go, oh, okay, yeah. I can rest. I can have confidence. I can have assurance. Uh, and not only that, maybe one other thing. So glory of God is at stake. Uh, our assurance, the believers, uh, the sinning believers assurance is at stake. Uh, but also when you stop and think about it, it's the key to change. It's the key to a changed life. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. So this resting leads to our acting. So we're going to rest in Christ. It's all by grace. We're in, we're in the family and now we're called to act. Now we're called to by the grace of God, not earn our salvation, but because Christ has earned it and it comes to us freely. Now that grace ignites, it fuels, it right. motivates. motivates. Yeah. You just preached on Titus. I did. Yeah. I just preached on Titus chapter two and it's fascinating to see the effect of grace in the believer's life. It really is. Let me, can I read Dro- this passage? I want you to drop some knowledge on us. <laughs> I don't here. have a lot of knowledge to drop, but Titus 2... Oh, hold on. Let me move over to the sofa. Oh, get on the sofa. I, I want to be real comfortable for this part. <laughs> Titus two eleven through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people. Now, this is where I think gets to the point you're getting at here with the actual life change coming. First, you have the salvation that has come when Christ comes and earns salvation for us by his life, death, and resurrection in our place, our substitute. Then it says, training us. So grace is the one that's active here. Grace training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. Makes me think of discipling. Yes. So that training, it's, it's some kind of training and educating, instructing, teaching us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age. So there, even the the sanctifying work, that's all of God's grace in us by the power of the Spirit Mm -hmm. to teach us, train us, so that we can say no and that we can say yes, no to sin, yes to righteousness, godliness. That's where life change happens because, you know, people take that life change and say, you got to change your behavior and get right so you can be right with God. But no, no, no. The actual life change happens by grace. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. And then by grace, by the work of the Spirit, you're being sanctified. You're being changed. And then your response is thankfulness, gratitude, gratefulness. So it's the key to godly living. That's good. Absolutely. It motivates. It fuels, as you said. Even in this, as it says in that text, uh, in in the present age. Yes, here, now. I like that. In between the waiting, as it goes on, waiting for a blessed hope. I think I can face tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Because Because he he lives. lives. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I I love the end of verse 14 where it says we're zealous for good works. Yeah, that's that response coming in. So remember in the world of... um, good Christian theology, and we know in the Pactum verse, it is good Christian theology. So, <laughs> But as we continue to get better in thinking through these things, so we're we ha- we all about good works. Good works are important. Yes. We don't want to be passive. We don't want to be flippant or lazy. We want to be zealous for good works. But where does that zeal come from? From Well, it ultimately comes from grace. Grace, yeah. So it's, goes it's, back to it's the work of God. We don't get justified freely according to his grace. And now somehow sanctification is, is, is all on us. Right, right. It's like, so, you know, the, the Galatians where Paul's like, hey, you were saved 
good. By grace, through the Spirit, and now what? You're going to go on by yourself and make yourself appear acceptable to God? Fair enough. Good luck. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, so I know the accusation comes, and I think we've already addressed it because we were anticipating it, but I think all of this uh, brings the accusation of antinomianism. Mm. So people say, well, if you, if you really tell, if the secret really gets out yeah. that salvation is of the Lord yep. and it's all of him and he makes us alive and it's not what we do, uh, won't that lead to antinomianism? Won't that lead to people misbehaving? Right, yeah. And so we would respond and say, no, actually, the grace, as you were just saying in Titus 2, it actually trains us. Uh, It leads to zeal for good works. It's the key to the good works that are actually good, fruit of the Spirit. And so once again, we want to be clear, Romans 6 is uh, the anticipation of the accusation of antinomianism. And Paul, you know, having been so clear about grace is like, may it never be. Right. Yeah. So not the way that's going to work out. No. So I, that Titus 2 is great, though. Yeah. Training. Love it. Yep, for sure. Okay, so before we wrap things up, um, before we say, all right, make sure you like and subscribe and share with a friend <laughs> and all of those kinds of important things. And it really is kind of fun watching that all happen. Sure, yeah. So thank you. But before we do that, um, let's maybe come out of left field a little bit and say, okay, so is is everything gracious? So we, we're, we're big champions of grace. We want to be all about grace and it's grace alone. So La Gradia, we want to sing amazing grace. We want to be all in mm-hmm. crawl over broken glass to use that again. <laughs> so go to the wall for is everything. Should we read our Bibles and say, you know what? Everything and anything God has ever done uh, has been gracious. Hmm. When you said it, it made me nervous, and it's a no. It did? Yeah. You, you say no. Yes, I say no. Oh. Surprisingly so. Oh, that's good. No, I'm going to say no. Are you saying no because you're sinning boldly? No, I don't no, think I don't think I, don't you think are. So. I would agree with you. I'm being bold and confident in my answer. I think no. the answer is actually no. And maybe that's surprising to you listening today. The reason we would say that is not everything has been gracious. Make sure we understand uh, that if grace is demerited favor. Right. If we go back to the garden, if we go back to pre-fall, right. uh, we here on the Pactum would want to say, actually, let's not say that was gracious. Right, right. Because Adam hadn't done anything. Yeah. There was no demeriting that had happened. Right, yeah. So uh, we want to be careful and not make – we would want to say, let's not have grace before the fall unless, right. unless, right? Yes. We, we've unless. read a little bit of history. Yep. Uh, unless what we mean by grace is God didn't owe it to us to create us. Yeah. So, um, so, but I think it would be better, it would be more uh, prudent to say words like God's um, bene- kind, benevolence, kindness, benevolence. Yeah. I think Meredith Klein would want to say goodness or something like sure, that. Yeah. And uh, it's a significant issue. I was just uh, this morning in a class, we were talking about John Fesco's book, uh, Adam and the Covenant of Works. Yeah. And he, he makes a pretty persuasive argument saying, and this is getting us into the weeds, uh, while certain older theologians who were sound and good and trustworthy spoke of grace before the fall. They weren't speaking in a soteriological sense. Right. They, yeah. they yeah, were, yeah. It was more along the lines of benevolence and kindness and goodness and that kind of stuff. And he would say, and I thought this is interesting in this post Bardian world that we live in, nice. thinking of Karl Bart, Karl Bart. Uh, who was so influential and who collapsed everything. Yeah, so it's, yeah. it's law and gospel. No, he hated that. Uh, works in faith. No, he didn't like that either. Right. Everything is like, 
law and gospel and everything yeah. is like faith and works. And it's like the, the, the gospel error. Right. And, uh, he definitely influenced others and others who came after him, whether it be Dan Fuller and people who came after him and were Bardian, what ends up happening is they, they corrupt the gospel eventually. And they de- end up denying salvation by grace alone through faith alone and the finished work of Christ alone. And, and so maybe it's a good idea to say, let's, let's save that. Let's protect that because people who in our day post Bart, if you will talk about grace before the fall typically end up having works combined with grace for salvation. And so I, I, I signed up, yeah. I signed up for the team yep. and uh, maybe we should speak in different terms in the day that we live in. I think that's probably a pretty good idea. Yeah, I think so. All right. So we're going to close out by singing a hymn together. Grace, grace, <laughs> Mike's God's tr- grace. Mike's grace trying to hold my weird. hand. And we, I, I'm not into that. <laughs> we're not going to do any kumbaya to close out. I don't think we're going to. We're so to. glad you've listened and been a part of the Pactum Verse. We would encourage you to like and subscribe all those places, those important stars that you can give us. Really, it does help us be found by others when they're looking for things to listen to and be encouraged and edified by. You can be in touch with us online on Instagram, on Twitter. Email us at connect at thepactum.org. We've been getting some fantastic questions, and we'll be queuing up a Pactum response and episode in the near future. Thanks again for joining us here today. We'll see you next time on The Pactum.